Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in once again. I can't thank you guys enough for supporting me and supporting this great cause. Uh, we are now ranked in the top 100 in the mental health category, which just is, I was one of my goals is to be, you know, relevant, re- relevant in that space. And so, and it's not because of me, it's because of the amazing guests I have come on. And so thank all of you for supporting this and believing in me on this. Um, today we are joined by, with, with Melissa Price. Melissa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, it's a pleasure. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Amy, who we both love. Yes. And she's amazing. And we're just trying to hold onto her coattails, right? Yes, exactly. Well, and she's, uh, you know, said nothing but great things about you. And it's like, you got to get her on and she's doing great things and it's got a great story. So Thank you for being willing to to come here and share your story with us today. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So a little background on Melissa. Uh, She's the owner of Creative Family Connection and the creator of the card game Emotion Commotion, which we'll talk more about. Um, And you say it's a dream come true to play with families and laugh until you cry and teach adults and children alike about emotions. And so I think one of the things you are very passionate about Uh, is empowering people and teaching them emotional intelligence, which I want to spend a good chunk of time on that. You love connecting parents to their children through play. And, you know, that's big in my world is connection. Um, We always say this connection is the opposite of addiction. Yes. Right. And you've probably heard that before. And um, Melissa has 20 plus years experience teaching youth, uh, creative problem solving, acting, art, goal setting and more. Uh, she's certified as a, uh, as a safe harbors guide, a life story and life studio coach, amongst many other methods of transformation. She loves to learn and teach. Her greatest joys are her um, amazing son and amazing daughter. And you've got two grandkids that are just the greatest thing in the world, right? They are. We were just talking about that. Yes. Yeah. So, Melissa, thank you. And um, why don't we start with tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. All right. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I grew up in a family that was abusive. One Mm. of my parents was abusive, and um, he was abusive physically, sexually, emotionally. Oh, wow. It's kind of what I grew up in. Um, Um, Do you have siblings? I do have one. Mm -hmm. One sibling. Mm -hmm. Were you the oldest? Yes. Okay. So did you, how far back do you remember it being abusive with like as young as you can remember? Yes. Wow. Um, some of the abuse came later, as, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Wow. So how, I mean, I know this is a big question, but you know, for our listeners, like how do, how did you manage through that and how did you, you know, navigate that? Because as a child, you don't, you, you don't, you're stuck. You don't know what to do, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about how. You, you went through that and made it through there. Well, I remember um, loving going to school because I was away from the abuse yeah. and the fear. And so when I was in first grade, 
we were asked what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I wrote teacher because I thought really? they are the end all be all. They're an adult that I can trust. And yeah, you felt safe probably mm-hmm. with your teacher. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I navigated it the best I knew how I was quiet and obedient and mm-hmm. learned to be very connected to other people's emotions so that I could keep myself safe. Right. And then when I was around nine, I started going to different churches with friends and I received a Bible and I read that thing cover to cover twice when I was nine. When you were nine? Yeah. On my own. (laughs) Wow. That's not an easy read. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. I'm not sure how much I, I got from it, but it gave me some strength. And right. I was really fortunate in that I didn't believe that the abuse was my fault. So mm. I didn't have that against that, me. And that's pretty rare for our listeners. Yes. You know, usually a young child going through that on some level, they think it's their fault, right? Right. Wow. So that was a gift. It was. So when you when you were reading this Bible, did it just like, did you, it, you said it was so good for you. Was it like a peaceful feeling? What? What was causing you to really gravitate towards that? I think just knowing that there was purpose. Mm. Somehow I gathered that there was purpose for the pain that I was going through. And um, I just always knew from early on that it was going to turn to good at some point. Right. So So how your younger sibling, is it a brother or sister? Sister. Sister. How Mm -hmm. much younger was she than you? Three years. Three years. Mm -hmm. And did she go through some of the same Mm -hmm. abuse as well? Yeah. So how long did this last in your childhood? Well, my parents divorced when I was 12. Okay. And then soon after, I realized that the abuse wasn't going to stop, even though my father was out of the house. Were you split in time, like having to stay at his place or? No, oh, Okay. but just in visiting, he, yeah, yeah he made it clear that it wasn't going to stop. And so I went home and told my mom everything. At 12? Yes. Wow. And. Again, pretty rare. She took some action and he went to jail as a result. Okay. Did that, did that feel like a sense of safety once you knew that? Did it feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt some freedom when Mm -hmm. he had moved away from the house and when he was in prison, I just didn't think about him anymore. Yeah. And, and had it been, was it safe from that point forward? Yes. In your, in your rest of your childhood and being, being with your mom and your Mm -hmm. younger sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did that affect the way you kind of carried yourself? Were you a shy person? Did you like kind of close off or were you outgoing? What, what was it like when you were like in junior high and high school? In junior high and high school, I was probably just your average kid. Like I tried out and made it for some sports, but I wasn't fantastic. I loved drama. Um, yeah. I had a good set of friends uh, for my church community and I just was having fun. It was like I was having my childhood for the first time. I think of it, especially as a young adult when I was out and, and about and doing things on my own. I just had a lot of fun. Um, and I do think that 
it affected me, but I didn't realize how much it affected me till later as I started to, to learn. But in one particular aspect, I had an anger issue. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as soon as my father moved out, that now that I was free to feel feelings, yeah, the anger started coming out. And I thought, oh, I just have, you know, these anger problems and they're bad because that's not good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I judged myself harshly for it and was really frustrated. Um, It wasn't terrible. Most of the time I took it out on myself Mm. and I just didn't like it. I didn't like that all of a sudden I would just snap and be angry. Yeah. Again, very common for someone going through what you went through. Mm -hmm. Um, And really what's going on, and you know this, that anger is a, a defense mechanism to kind of keep you from that hurt and pain and f- fear that you had to deal with for so many years. Mm-hmm. And like you said, now you're you're safe to actually maybe express some feelings and it came out in anger. And right? I had no idea it was tied to my childhood. Nobody taught me anything you about you that. You didn't know it at the time, right. And yeah. so I just thought, ooh, that's just a bad characteristic that I have, I need mm-hmm. to hide it. Yeah. Did you end up getting any kind of help or therapy when you were getting a little older? Did your mom help you get some help there? Or? I looked at it as my sentence that after my father went to prison, we were sentenced to a year of therapy. And oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I felt. So my, I think my sibling got some help out of it and my mom did. And I just felt like it was a waste of time. I didn't feel like I was heard or listened to. And it just, I did my time and then I was out of there. Gotcha. So did, how did that affect you moving forward in your life? Like even early on, like, you know, as you graduate from high school and that kind of thing. It didn't affect me too much other than just being frustrated that I had, you know, anger issue every once in a while. But yeah, as I became a young mom, I knew I was not going to continue the abuse Sure. Um, it was going to stop there. And I knew that from the get-go. Early on, but, yeah, for sure. Um, I just was really concerned about, like, I need to figure out this anger thing. And so I went to a sort of a 12-step group Okay. for incest survivors. And oh, wow. Um, that really helped me see that my anger issues were because my boundaries were crossed all over the place when I was younger. Right, and, yeah. And I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. So that began a lifelong journey of understanding emotions, their purpose, how to manage them. Yeah. So is that something you still even do today, Those that 12-step program? or No, I've gone to healing retreats and read books. I watched a lot of Oprah when I was a young mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just have studied it for ever to understand like myself and my emotional life and then just recently started wanting to teach in the last couple of years what I've learned right so how many kids do you have I have two just the two right Mm -hmm. okay and 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 they're uh what are their ages my daughter's 28 and my son is 23 okay and so how how did this, you said as a mom, you're like, you know what, I'm never going down that road, which I totally understand and I'm glad. Mm-hmm. How did that affect the way though in other areas of way you raised them and how you treated them as a mom? I did my best to listen to them 
I definitely wasn't a perfect mom. Right. But I really fostered communication. Yeah. And because I am very emotionally sensitive to people around me, I probably asked them way too many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And didn't accept that I'm fine, you know? Yeah. I I feel like all of us parents do our best and when we learn better, we do better. Yeah. And so I got to be a better mom as time went on. Yeah. Right. But I love them and they know it. Sure. They know it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes out of the biggest tragedies come the biggest blessings, right? Down mm-hmm. the road and mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure your kids were you know, would say today they're grateful for the way you raised them and the way you treated them and how you wanted to communicate with them. And, and I think what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, how important communicating with your loved ones is. Talk a little bit more about that. When we're talking about our emotional welfare, Mm -hmm. it's important to be able to recognize what it is you're feeling Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to express it in a healthy way. Yeah. And it seems like past generations have not known how to do that. Right. right? Yeah, and, right. And a lot of people my age are doing a lot of healing work <laughs> yeah. to to change that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this ties into that emotional intelligence that mm-hmm. uh, you're really passionate about now, right? Right. So talk about that cuz I think some of our listeners, when you say emotional intelligence, what does that even mean? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so having the ability to recognize what you're feeling and be able to name it mm. is an important part of emotional intelligence. And then knowing that you can allow the energy that you're feeling through that emotion out okay. is important and then being able to get the message from that emotion is vital. And gotcha. it seems like our culture may encourage this, but we don't always love the emotions that don't feel good. Yeah. So we are very geared towards turning to comfort because we haven't learned how to let that physical feeling yeah. go. Right. And then move to the message. So we're feeling these emotions, we're turning away from the ones we don't like, and we often turn to things that develop into bad habits or addictions. Right. And I've been affected by um, family members all growing up that Mm -hmm. have a pornography addiction. Yeah. So I am very passionate about fighting any addiction, that one in particular, Right. um, by turning around and helping people understand and identify their emotions, allowing that to move through their body because I didn't, you know? Yeah, right. And a a lot of people don't. We just, we hold on to our sadness or our anger until we implode or explode. And we're seeing that every day. And it's, we're losing our kids and it's not okay. It's not. You you said something there. I want to just clarify for our listeners, you know, identifying the emotion allowing it to to express itself, don't suppress it. Mm -hmm. And then what's the message? What do you mean by that? Like, because our emotions are what? They're telling us something, right? Right. They're trying to say something to us. Yes. Any emotion, be it what we think of as positive or negative, 
and I don't think there are negative emotions, but ones we just aren't comfortable with. Right. But any any emotion yeah. has a message. So if I'm yeah. feeling joy, yeah. it's usually because there is something going on that floats mm-hmm. my boat, yeah. and I want more of it. <laughs> right. right? So, yeah. so seek more. You know, seek seek more of that. Um, when I'm feeling angry, it's usually a border that I've allowed to be crossed, or um, that somebody else has crossed, or it, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. So yeah. there's usually a lot of sadness mm-hmm. under that. And if I don't um, figure out what I'm missing from that sadness, then I'm not moving forward. Right. So if we act on the specific message an emotion has for us, it will move us forward. That's what I believe they're there for. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, we try. You know, here at Wasatch Recovery, we try to do the same thing: teach emotional intelligence for those very reasons. And and I just wanted to clarify that. I think you said it perfectly. It was beautifully said. So, um, you know, you've got now twenty years experience teaching youths and, and adults and, and in all kinds of settings. And you've also created some uh, some games and some connection games. And let's talk about those and and what gave you the idea to do these things and why and and how that's going. All right. <laughs> I have been learning about emotional stuff for a long time. I geek out about it with my friends. <laughs> and I was talking to a friend who was creating a mother's group to help support mothers of younger kids. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to come speak to them about managing their emotions. Now, I generally work with youth. So I wasn't really sure. So I did some homework and I realized that play is the best way to teach kids anything. So I started thinking about how can I teach kids to play with their emotions? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Especially (laughs) younger kids. And I have played a lot of games with my family over the years and I just got this idea. I think it was like a divine download. Yeah. And kind of mocked up this really simple game. I went to that presentation and I asked the moms, how long would you play a game with your kids? And they were like, no longer than 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, you can only take so much Candyland, right? (laughs) Right. And so um, I took the game around my neighborhood and especially to that one mom who said no longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, right. And we played the game for an hour Mm. and they wouldn't have stopped, but it was the kid's bedtime. And they watched their five and their seven year old play this game. And I loved watching the admiration in the dad's eyes as he was watching the kids like act out their emotions. And I realized this is a legit thing. Yeah. (laughs) I need to pursue this. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a super simple game in its concept. You, have an action or a song or a saying, something like Mm -hmm. that, that you do in an emotion that you pick. And so you might have to sing the ABCs discouraged. Okay. Or you might have to make the sound (laughs) of a cow that is um, hopeful. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) So it can get tricky. Yeah. Um, It's very I'd like to hear that. <laughs> I know. What does that Hopeful sound is like? one of the harder ones. Let's see. Yeah, I like. I'll that. do that one if you'll do another one. Oh wow! Okay, okay. jeez. Let's so get. a hopeful, hopeful sounding cow <laughs> for me might be moo. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
Hey, that's a good shot. All right. Okay, so give me I'm, one. Uh, you need to say. Oh boy. Can you pass me the bacon? And let's see, what emotion shall we give you? <laughs> How about nervous? Okay. <laughs> Can you pass me the bacon? Pretty good. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now wow. imagine if you if I didn't know the emotion I'm trying to guess, I'm starting to throw out Yeah. You know, are you embarrassed or shy or scared? And you okay. would just encourage people, say, you're right on track, or no, that's not or, quite that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's building their emotional vocabulary. And I don't know if you know this or not, but adults have a go-to emotional language of about eight to ten words. So I use, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And if we can expand our emotional vocabulary and be able to pinpoint, I'm not just angry my brother has an ice cream, I'm jealous. Yeah. They mean totally different things. No sure. boundaries have been crossed. Right. Right? Yeah. So if we know we're jealous, jealous just means there's something that I want. Can I get it for myself? Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So you expand your emotional vocabulary by guessing and hearing what other people are guessing. You get the opportunity to practice reading body language and listening to tone of voice. And I kind of separated those things into different activities that you can do throughout the game. And it gives us an opportunity to really tune in. Some of us are very good at those skills and some right. are not. Yeah. So it gives us a chance to practice. But to me, it was also a revelation that there are times that other people are not picking down, picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah. Emotion wise. And I shouldn't just assume people know how I feel. Yeah. And then vice versa. Don't you see that I'm hurt right, right now? Right. Do you not see that? <laughs> I thought you could see that. Yeah. yeah. And so we it can it encourages better communication, but it also helps you to realize like I can get more curious about how other people feel and not just assume I know what they're feeling. Oh, that's good. I love that. And then I love that when you play the game, you're practicing the beginning steps of emotional regulation. So you're accepting an emotion without judging it. Mm -hmm. You're allowing yourself to feel, feel it in your it. body and express it and get that energy out through the acting through the singing through the talking just getting some energy out and um we need to practice that because most of us just hide those emotions that aren't very comfortable because yeah. we don't want to put people out or we yeah. don't want to be embarrassed because we're feeling angry or things like that yeah. so we're judging ourselves we're worried about other people judging ourselves yep but when you're playing a game you're not worried about that yeah so you get wow. that good practice and then the thing that I love the most is that you get a chance to be a little bit vulnerable with your emotions <laughs> you're right. in a safe place because yeah. you're just playing a game. Yeah, just having fun. And that is what brings us connection, as Brene Brown tells us, right? Yeah, connection's <laughs> so. powerful. Mm -hmm. I want to talk more about connection, but I want to go back a little bit. When you're talking about these, you know, when we assume people understand understand how I'm feeling like if I'm sad mm -hmm. I'm thinking you know everyone probably knows I'm sad or but man that that leads to like feeling when no one's connecting with that you feel alone that loneliness feeling you know and I think um I think that's part of the problem of assuming like well didn't you notice Melissa that I was sad the last couple of days or you know what I mean like yeah 
And then, and then you're like, well, no, I didn't even notice it. Or you know, I, I thought you were happy or whatever. And it's like, it, it, I think it causes also a sense of loneliness. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Like as we play, we realize that other people feel emotions because we can all connect to those emotions pretty quickly. Yeah. And then we see that other people don't show their emotions the same way we do. Right. So sometimes we just don't pick up those cues because it doesn't look like what it looks like for us or feel the same. Right. And um, it's so important to know like these emotions, we all have them. Yeah. They're not the end all be all. Yeah. Like, to take such heavy actions because we're feeling in the depths of sorrow. Mm-hmm. We can reach out to others. Right. Because others have felt the same things. Yeah. You know, I love that. You talked a little bit about, we'll get to connection here in a second, but you also mentioned body language, mm-hmm. being able to read someone's body language. I I, know, I hear a, dump, uh, a bunch of different, you know, body language is 90, you know, communication is 90% body language or whatever. What What is the actual number? Do you know? I like believe what, it's 80 or 90%. That's what I've heard a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. And yeah. it's one of those things that we don't think a lot about. Yeah. And so if we do get that chat, chance to practice it as we're playing the game it really helps us to be aware okay. be more aware yeah yeah i i know in my field here you know body language is really stands out like you know i can spot someone who they're slunched over almost like they're trying to hide you know obviously they're either depressed or they feel ashamed or but again, what that's what we do. We go ask them, what are you feeling? And we're trying to get to the bottom of what's really going on, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I might think that they're sad, but they're like, no, I'm just, I feel shameful that I'm here or, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. what a cool thing that, that you, get, you get to do that. So why why is connection so powerful in all this? And why is that important? We all have things that we value. And connection for me since the beginning of time, I feel like is my number one value. So Mm -hmm. I love to be connected to people. Mm -hmm. I love to be connected to myself, although I haven't been taught that. So I've had to learn that. Right. And, um, I love to be connected to my higher power and I, without it, that's when I've experienced my most painful moments. And it's been through family members with addictions that I've experienced a lot of disconnection and I, I can't stand it. I don't know how to say <laughs> yeah. how much I hate disconnection. So yeah. Um, so that's what my life is all about. Like my happy place is connecting with people yeah. over yummy food, right? Yeah. And laughter. Um, but that disconnection, when we don't understand how we feel, yeah. how do we know what to do about it? Right. You know, if we don't understand how to connect with each other and be okay with that. Yeah, I then, love that. Oh. It's probably why you love teaching so much, right? I Because the connection you mm-hmm. have with these kids and, mm-hmm. and all that, that's got to be really fulfilling for you. It is. I have been in the homeschool community for a long time mm-hmm. and taught all kinds of classes and have hundreds of kids that call me Mama Price, which makes really? me super happy. I Mama love it. Mama Price, that's awesome. Even they're, they're 25 and having kids and they still call me that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. I once heard it said, you're never more fully alive when you are connected. Mm. You know, and um, you, 
you mentioned before we came got went live today that you you know you you help Amy a lot in the in the prisons and stuff and mm-hmm. talk about that experience and and maybe the maybe lack of connection you see in some of these you know inmates that you're dealing with the first class that I helped with I really was curious to see how I would feel because I knew a lot of them were um sexual abusers themselves so I really wondered walking in there like how am I gonna feel oh really I bet that was challenging it was surprisingly not challenging really I just fell in love with every single like person that I've taught in the three classes and and again I just want to challenge like how did how why do you think it was like that experience versus the opposite do you think what do you think allowed you to actually like you know what I I can see this person as a person you know, and I can love that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a that's powerful. Part of it, I think, is learning to love yourself, and that's a process for me. Yeah. Um, and so that's helpful. And part of it is just understanding the background. Like I learned about my father's background pretty early on, and it gave me a little perspective on you know, what led to his choices. Like, and I always try to look for that. That's just who I am is Mm -hmm. not for excuses, but just like what led to their choices and the program that we're teaching in the prisons and, and with teens and everywhere is powerful. And it really leads to how do you choose who you want to be? Yeah. And so to see hope, in people's eyes who have never been taught any better yeah. or or maybe not consistently taught better anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, I know that I've done things that I'm ashamed of, not proud of, and um, their growth experiences, just like the good things that we've done, yeah. they're all, it's all growth. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter where we're at, where we're starting. Like today is the day that we can take power in our lives and, I love watching that process happen so quickly with a program that we're teaching. Wow, I love that. So, you know, as I'm listening to you talk and the things you're doing now mm-hmm. with these games and things that you've created, helping in the prisons, being a teacher, giving back, making an impact on people, do you agree with the statement life happens for you versus to you? I heard you ask Amy. <laughs> question i ask most of my guests that (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's a it's a tricky one i know (laughs) it is i think i think that that is a choice that we make yeah i think it's how we see things yeah and (laughs) when she when you guys (laughs) talked about being stuck in our our victim stories versus our hero stories. Yeah. Boy, I've lived that. You like have. there are certain victim stories that I still have a, sure. a hard time letting go yeah. of. And um, and I'm taking back my power day by day, right? Yeah, sure. And so I I love growth. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, sure, I'll tell you all the garbage stuff that I've done or whatever because I've learned from it and I'm still learning from it and it's powerful because maybe I can help somebody just like 
others have helped me through the things that they've learned from. And yeah. that's just my jam. Sure. Well, and, and that's why when I listen to your story, I can see how it all happened for you. I wouldn't wish that on you ever again mm-hmm. or anybody for that matter. But, but again, it did happen. But yet look at all the good that you're doing. You said it's your jam. It's like you're mm-hmm. passionate about it. Mm-hmm. That passion may not be there had you not gone through that horrible time. Absolutely. And I know it's hard to say. I get it. Some listeners might be going, Todd, how did that happen for you? Are you kidding me? You know, I've, it goes with the, the statement, the, the greater the darkness, the greater the light. Mm-hmm. And you're this big, bright light now. I mean, the way Amy talks about you, it's like, oh, man, this woman, you got to get her on. And, and the great things she's doing for for people and especially for that emotional intelligence piece that you're you're really passionate about as well. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just neat to see that uh, kind of unfold as you're sharing the story with us. Yeah. And I like what you said about the darkness and the light because I feel like emotions are similar. Mm-hmm. Like if we haven't experienced the sorrow and the sadness, the joy's not going to be there. Yeah. Right? And right. so if we haven't experienced that anger or... Yeah or nervousness or whatever it is like how do we learn courage yeah. if we're not nervous that's you a know? good point so yeah there's purpose in it all and it goes together yeah yeah the law of opposites right yes <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate we have to go through some tough times to enjoy yeah. the light as much but uh right. but yeah so here's another question i have for you and it's, it's i'm just curious what you would say if you could go back and change any of that would you No, I've had Hmm. moments in my life where I've been there for a friend struggling through her marriage and I had been through the same thing. So I was able to be a pivotal listening ear at the time. Hmm. Okay. Or, you know, same for just certain people. Like there have been just those moments where it's like I, everything I've experienced has led to this moment of me being able to just stand with them. Yeah. And boy, has that happened in my life as well. So those are probably, I mean, that's what I can take with me. Yeah. That's what I, what I love. So that's beautifully said. Thank you. Um, if there's, if there's someone listening to your voice right now, who's struggling, they're in a dark place. Maybe they are going through some of this abuse that you had to go through and endure you've already given some great advice, but what could you tell that one person right now who's listening to you, who's in a, maybe a dark place? I would say to talk to somebody, to find somebody that's safe. Look around for people that are safe and yeah. cause they're out there. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody struggling with their hard emotions to turn to the discomfort instead of away. Mm. So embrace the discomfort is something that I'm learning to do. Yeah. And um, it's powerful when you can, you can stop chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I remember last Christmas I was um, really, really frustrated with kind of a, an argument that I revisit with my spouse every so often. And I just, I was mad. Mm -hmm. And I thought, 
this close to Christmas, if I hold on to this, it's yeah. going to ruin Christmas and right, I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. And so I took one of my emotional tools, which I love to share, um, and I started scribbling. And I've scribbled before when I'm frustrated with my blood sugars or when I'm frustrated just with yeah. normal everyday things. Yeah. But this time I used folder paper, which was really thick. And I used <laughs> five pens at a time. And I spent 10 minutes and ripped through page after page after page. And in 10 minutes, that energy was released to where I could be back to my mm-hmm. regulated nervous system self. Right, yeah. And figure out a course of action that wasn't going all, you know, bonkers <laughs> over yeah. Christmas. No, I love that. I love that. I do. I, I do something similar. I do a cold plunge. <laughs> mm. That gets my uh, central nervous system and everything right back in line quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> brings me back to the present and that kind of thing. But I love that advice. I think that's fantastic. If there's, you know, if someone wants to reach out to you, Melissa, and maybe ask you a question or, you know, purchase one of your games for their family, mm-hmm. um, give it as a gift, that kind of thing. What would be the best way for them to do that? Well, you can reach me at creativefamilyconnection at gmail.com. Okay. Or you can go to my website, emotioncommotiongame.com. Mm. I have my game, which is fantastic. I love it. I, I can't even t- tell you how many um, communities it helps. It's really cool. But, awesome. um, but I also have connection questions that are for our kids, like elementary, junior high age that just give you a chance to talk about emotions in like a fun way. Okay. So that's another thing that I've just come Love up with. That. And then I'm working on a video like parenting series to just talk about emotions, what they are and how to use my game to help Very your cool. whole family develop emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, I think any parent listening to this would be like, I need that because we're not trained as parents on even how to do that. Nope. Like I, I'm thinking, man, I wish I would have had this when my kids were younger, you know, it's like, me too, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you're doing that. And I think, um, the more we can be that type of parent where we're really trying to help connect our kids, help them understand emotions. But at the same time, I'm sure the parents are learning right along with them, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> we definitely are. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Melissa, I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm grateful to have you on the show today. And thank you for sharing and getting vulnerable with us today. It means a lot to me. And I know it's going to mean a lot to our listeners when they hear this. So thank you for for being you and being a light in this world. Thank you. I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I've loved listening to your podcast. So keep it up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So well, and I'll put all all that uh, information, uh, how to get you to you and your games and things like that in the show notes. So there'll be a link on all that. So, so yeah, thank you. And, and listeners, there you go. I told you another great guest, Melissa Price. Please reach out to her, get her games um, and give it as a gift. Or if you have, you know, if you just need work on that with your own family, get those and to, and to learn emotional intelligence, right? And please share this episode with your family and friends. Again, I love you guys. Thank you for believing me. Thank you for all that you do. It means the world to me. I love you. And and Melissa, one last thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Till next time.